Okay, everybody, welcome back. Figure it out podcast with me, Chandler Collins, giving you the full recap of yesterday's humongous Kansas City Chiefs victory. Chiefs get the win yesterday, 41-14 over bitter rival divisional opponent, the Las Vegas, formerly known as the Oakland Raiders. Wow. Um, I mean, this has been the best Monday I've had of the entire season. That includes beating Cleveland week one. It's the best the Chiefs have played all year, including all of our victories. Um, this Chiefs team played an absolute complete game top to bottom. Um, I have been in the minds of football fans all day via social media, via text messages. I've been putting Raiders fans' brains in mental pretzels. It's been a phenomenal day for us to get back to where we belong, and that's in the top tier of the NFL, and get these bullshitters off of our backs after an absolutely dominating performance by our team yesterday. I don't care how biased this episode sounds tonight to you, to the listeners. Me and my boy Johnny Rowe are going to talk some shit, I have a feeling. Um, This Chiefs team, before I bring Johnny on here, these Chiefs are the Chiefs that we expected to see all year. Um, And and really – I, I wish I could say I'm surprised by what our offense did last night. I'm really surprised by our defense. I, I thought – I can't believe let – me, let me back up. I got a little ahead of myself. Two things really, really surprised me yesterday, and this I'm taking a little bias out of this, uh, this spiel. Um, the two things that really surprised me, A – was how well our defense really played. You know, I never thought they were in a position where they seemed compromised. They seemed to be on the same page. They were rallying to the football. The Raiders couldn't run the football against us, which teams have been doing all year. They looked confused as to what they wanted to do offensively. And that leads me into my second point that surprised me is, what the fuck were the Raiders doing, honestly? Um, They came into that game – I. I don't know what their game plan was. I really don't. Um, and and with that, I'll bring on Johnny Rowe. Johnny, uh, real quick, buddy. Good to see you. Amazing victory Monday. Um, your thoughts on the game and onward. Hey, what's up, Chandler? Yeah, I'm in a great mood. And it's the first time in a long time that I'm in a mood like this. Um, it's going to be interesting listening to all these podcasts. I've said that before, uh, after the season, however it ends because it's been just such a roller coaster ride with emotions and and, that, and that's justified as Chiefs fans um how could you not ask questions of this team how could you not question the direction that they're going after what we had seen the last few years um we've bec- we've become accustomed to this level of play and as fans we we expect it every single week and and, and we should um the Chiefs absolutely shit pumped the Raiders last night in every facet of the game and if you take away uh Mike Hughes his fumble on the punt return, it's even worse um, because that directly led to a, a, a Raiders score. So, yeah, I, I'm thrilled with what I saw last night, Chandler. We haven't seen this Chiefs offense click like this since, I would say, the AFC Championship game against Buffalo last year 
where at one point, you know, this is the AFC championship game against a team, a, a good Bills team last season, where the Chiefs were holding a 38-15 to 15 fourth quarter lead, right? Like, we haven't seen this kind of stuff from the Chiefs since then, because after that game, it was the debacle in the Super Bowl, and we've seen how this season has gone so far. The, the team was exempt of the fluky, ridiculous, circus-like turnovers that we had seen. And we saw a lot of maturity from Patrick Mahomes last night. God, I love that guy. It's been really tough as a fan just seeing the struggles and the, the, the slump that he has been in. And to see him break out of that in the way that he has is awesome. I mean, the guy had five touchdowns last night, 400 yards passing, 35 of 50 you know, completions. And he took what was there. We've been asking him to do that so frequently. He took the first read, and when the first read wasn't there, if the first read wasn't Travis Kelsey, he got the ball to fucking Travis Kelsey. So it's like, it's just it, it just feels so good, Chandler, talking to you today, because this is the Chiefs team that we all expected. Yes, this is a Raiders team that is kind of reeling, mainly because of off-the-field issues. Derek Carr still played. Josh Jacobs still played, Darren Waller still played, Max Crosby still played, Casey Hayward still played, Yannick Ngakwe still played. I mean, they've still got these players. They're just missing their their head coach, Henry Ruggs, and um, that uh, Damon Arnett, who's not a great cornerback anyway. So, you know, the team is still there. This team's got five wins for a reason. And in their building, in front of a lot of Chiefs fans, the Chiefs took it to them early and often. I'm thrilled today, Chandler. It's good to be talking to you. Yeah, it was great to see it. I wanted to allude. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, now, I don't know if this is my mindset, just given my uh, my Missouri State football background or the Chiefs season current or so far uh, before last night's background, but when uh, Mike Hughes fumbled that football, I won't lie to the listeners, I had that feeling of, dear God, here we go again. It it seemed like it was going to unravel, and I think that is a huge point I want to bring up tonight, that this team didn't allow that to happen. They didn't allow for that mistake to compound. Yes, the Raiders went down and scored, um, honestly, pretty quickly. And that also kind of added to the here we go again mindset that I had. But Chiefs come right back out. They go back down, they get three. And from then on, it was it was really over. And even our wins so far this year, Johnny, um, we haven't blown anybody out. I mean, football team, they were, I mean, they weren't really in it, but they were around in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Eagles, the same way. The game was over last night, uh, uh, midway through the third, going into the fourth, and this team just put it on the Raiders in typical Mahomes-era fashion. Um, and like you said, I mean, the mature I, – I, I don't know. You know, the, the team the, – everybody seemed to have a smile on their face. It looked like they wanted to be there. So I don't know, you know, what happened. I, I, I haven't seen that body language from the team all year, win or lose. The body language last night was like, we're not going to lose this game. I don't know why they haven't played like that all year. And, and I mean, they're human beings. I mean, shit happens um, off the field that you might bring onto the field and yada, yada, yada. But hopefully they've put all that to bed. It was great to see Patrick Mahomes just dominate. I mean, 
and I think that kind of my point when I started the show of what the Raiders wanted to do, I mean, not that I, I am pissed that Travis Kelsey was wide open, but he was wide open all night. And I think it's what I think what it comes down to, Johnny, is what we've been talking to uh, all year on this podcast together is Travis Kelsey was running Travis Kelsey routes last night. You know, 10 yard out routes, little hooks over the middle of the field. I mean, things that are impossible to defend. And then you get the ball in his hands and he makes a guy. He's so good at making the first guy miss. You just got to get the ball in his hands. And we did that last night. And it was obvious problem because then it clearly opened up everything else. And I want to make this point, too. And I'll let you go, Johnny. We come out first play of the game run and we get five yards. And I was like, okay, there's a mentality statement right there. We're coming in here and we're going to be physical second down second and five. I think we even maybe lost a yard might've got a yard might not have gotten any yards actually, but we ran it again. And you know, that drive stalled. We ultimately got a fourth down after the Mahomes left-handed throw, but I absolutely love that start to the game. You come out, you, you tell the Raiders are going to run, and welcome to the season, really, Daryl Williams. Wow. You talk about having a night. That dude did everything right last night. I don't think I have one negative about our running back last night, and um, it was just great to see. Yeah, you're so right, dude. Like The, the game Daryl Williams had last night is such a catalyst for this team because – so Mahomes has had to go through the growing pains of playing football, like just the exact opposite, really, of the way he's ever played it. And you just got to, you know, like we say, you just got to take what's there. And if you do that for the entirety of the game, I mean, the Chiefs threw the ball 50 times. Like they, so Mahomes still got to throw it a bunch. He didn't have to sacrifice opportunity to hand the ball off. Like, he, you know, he wants the ball in his hands. If you just take the stuff underneath, you force the other team to try to make a play. They had a stat on the TV last night that Mahomes is being blitzed at a 13% clip, which is the lowest by far in the league. Teams just are not blitzing him. They're making him hold it a little bit longer and to try to get the Chiefs to turn over the ball. And that's been the recipe that's that's been working. If you just take what's there and move the chains, it forces the other team to maybe send an extra blitz and then you can take advantage and you saw you know then Mahomes can can make Mahomes plays it was just really great seeing him connect on some downfield throws to yes Daryl he kind of threw a jump ball and Daryl Daryl made a play but the touchdown pass to Byron Pringle was so sick I mean perfectly placed off of the play fake he had one on a third and two on a corner route to Tyreek Hill on the sideline. That was just amazing. It was just good to see him. And he, and he still missed on some throws downfield too. So like there's still room to grow for Mahomes. So I'm super excited there. But the point that I was trying to get to earlier was with Daryl Williams going nine catches on nine targets for 101 yards and a touchdown. That just gives Mahomes all he needs to know. Like it's there. Just throw it to the running back. You're going to get Clyde Edwards, the layer back, and we've made our feelings clear about him. I think, I mean, Daryl is just, Daryl has earned these snaps. But what people said about Clyde coming out was his ability to play in the passing game. If he now mixes in more in the, you know, to catch passes out of the backfield, maybe that's his role for this team going forward. And it's more of a 
50-50, if not 60-40 split for Daryl Williams. So you've got reinforcements coming there. Just exciting to see this from the Chiefs, offensively and defensively. People contributed, contributed, and um, it's setting up for a really exciting game next week against Dallas. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually, you know, seeing the way we've utilized the running back back there um, in the passing game, I'm actually kind of excited for Clyde to come back because I think I, I you know, the NFL, football in general, but especially the NFL, I mean, people are going to pick up on tendencies. So you can't necessarily only hand the ball off to Daryl and throw it only to Clyde. But you can get Clyde out there in, in short situations, and you can hand him the ball in a second and two. You can throw it to him in a second and two, and you can do the same thing with Daryl Williams as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I really hope that um, Andy keeps utilizing uh, Daryl because, I mean, he, he deserves it, like you said. And one thing um, that I absolutely love was our utilization of Tyreek in the red zone. It has not been there all year, and he is un- he's unstoppable. He, he's first off, he's the fastest player in the NFL. His cuts, his first touchdown on his out, uh, he came in, came back out. We call that a zig route. I don't know what the Chiefs call it, but I'm going to call it a zig. He comes in towards the formation. He goes back out. The cornerback had absolutely no chance. I mean, when you're in those spaces, there's nobody better at moving faster than Tyreek. And he caught two balls where they couldn't even defend him in the red zone. It's just so good to see. It just seemed like a Chiefs offensive game. And, and, and this fan base knows what it's capable of. And I think that's where the frustration stemmed from is that, like, you don't turn the ball over. You make the right decision. And, no, you can't stop this team. You just cannot stop that offense. It's, it's unstoppable. And – um like you, like you said, I mean, we had production from everybody. I mean, that's what it's going to take. People like Byron Pringle. People, I, we've said our piece about Demarcus Robinson, but people like that have to contribute if we're going to get the ball to Tyreek and Travis. And it was just a full-out team effort. Shout out real quick to the offensive line. I would say going into the game that the Raiders' strength of their defense was their defensive line. Completely silent. I mean, there was no production from their defensive line, which is huge. Travis, I mean, Max Crosby is a, is a pro bowler. He will be absolutely util, or neutralized him. Um, and then to reverse that, a big part of the game was our D-line pretty much dominated their offensive line. Um, you know, when you break down football games, everybody sees the passes. Everybody sees, you know, the catches. But when you win the line of scrimmage, as we did on both sides of the football last night, it makes an offense that's explosive that much better. And it makes the secondary look that much better when the defensive line is helping them out and getting back there and getting pressure at Derek Carr. I don't know the stat I'll have in my head. Um, I don't know how many sacks we had. I'm curious to see how many QB pressures we had because it seemed like Carr was under duress. I mean <sighs> – I don't know what he was doing, throwing the ball. Like he was playing 500 a couple times where he just threw it up in the middle of the field. Uh, Sorensen's pick. We'll talk about that in a second. But back to my original point of the offensive line. I mean, it was amazing to see. They were bullying people. One play that stands out to me, I'm sure you saw it on Twitter today, was the Creed Humphrey up the middle, just absolutely tossing people out of the club, dude. Um, 
you know, you, you, you get an offensive line that has some swagger about them, and it's going to be an issue. And I think that might have been the step that the team needed last night. I mean, they – I don't know that there was a bad thing the offensive line did besides Orlando Brown's uh, false start on the first drive. I don't know that there's one complaint I had about the offensive line last night. Great to see. Top to bottom, offense just absolutely dominated. And um, like you said, I can't wait to see what we can do against another – pretty decent defensive line and defense in the Cowboys next week. Uh, Johnny. Yeah, man, you're, I agree with you on, on the offensive line and Orlando Brown's a guy for the last two weeks that I've called out and he made me eat crow last night. He was really good. I remember a place specifically where he just threw Yannick Ngakwe onto his back and just stood over him. It was so badass. And then you go across the offensive line, Joe Tooney, it's obvious. I mean, he is just like the unsung hero. He's just always getting the job done. Um, Creed Humphrey is like an offensive rookie of the year candidate, and he's a center. Uh, I've given Brett Veach a lot of flack. Creed Humphrey is awesome. Trey Smith is such a badass, too. I mean, those guys, and like there was a time that the hot mic picked up um, Humphrey and Smith pre-snap talking to each other. And I remember hearing um, Trey Smith say, I got you, Creed. I got you. I got you. So, I mean, they're, I mean, obviously they're communicating, but it just makes me feel good that those guys are like both rookies, both going to be coming up and growing in this system together. And they play right next to each other. And then, yeah, Andrew Wiley. uh, Wow. I mean. Uh, Unsung MVP last night. Honestly. Max Crosby has over 60 pressures on the season, which is easily the most in the NFL. And he held him in check. And Max Crosby is really good. Both of those guys um, were caught. They were college teammates at Eastern Michigan and uh, they went at it. And, you know, how can you not come out of that saying Wiley didn't win? He won and he's your third string right tackle. You know, he's playing himself into the starting right tackle role. And there's going to be a lot of bodies there. You're going to get Kyle Long back. You're going to get Remmers. You're going to get Niang. And now you got Wiley. So it really shapes up for every day in practice, creating this competition for the best man. The cream is going to rise to the top. And so we'll see who the best right tackle is week in and week out. I'm just excited to see the, the new guys in the offensive line build some continuity. And obviously that translates to Mahomes too. He had some great pockets last night, no wasted motion was hitting his first reads and looked really comfortable. And that was really exciting. I want to talk about a couple of the things that I wrote down here for the offense Chandler. Um, we talked about the running back position with Damian or sorry, with uh, Daryl Williams. It reminded me of the 2019 run. 2019 is like really when I first started remembering teams playing the, the chiefs a certain way. And it didn't really get ramped up until the, the the next year, right, where Tampa Bay just kind of exposed us um, with their great defense in the Super Bowl. But in 2019, in the playoff run, right, so the Chiefs beat the Texans, beat the Titans, and then beat the 49ers in the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. I just compiled the stats, right? Mahomes was utilizing Damian Williams in the receiving game the entire run in the playoffs when, 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 when it was getting tough, Damian Williams in the 2019 playoffs had 11 ca- over three games, had 11 catches for 94 yards and two touchdowns. Okay. Yeah. Like that you just need that. And if, and, and last night, um, Daryl has nine catches for 101 and a touchdown. Like if you can get that contribution, 
that's going to help this offense so much because when you do get that stuff, you see what it does for Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. And obviously the offense hums at the highest rate when those guys are getting the ball in their hands. And what's been happening in these, you know, the last few games is you've just been seeing Mahomes trying to get more comfortable with passing the ball more and more to the running back. And last night they had acres of space to run in, and it was really fun to watch. My last thing that I want to say about the offense, Chandler, is that last night, Nicole Hardman Hmm. only played 32% of the offensive snaps, which translated to 24 snaps. And on those 24 snaps, he only ran 17 routes. So 50 Patrick Mahomes dropbacks last night. Nicole ran 17 routes. That was fourth on the team behind Josh Gordon, 20, Demarcus Robinson, 23, Byron Pringle, 34, and Tyree Kill, 41. These are wide receivers, so that's not Kelsey or Dame, or Darrell Williams. But right. So he had the fourth most routes run by the wide receivers. The only person who had less than him was Marcus Kemp, who, who ran one route. So uh, McCole Hardman, right, it's been like a forced issue on this team. McCole's been getting like five, seven, nine targets in some of these games, and they just don't work. Like they just don't translate to anything, right? So they scale back his workload a little bit, increase Josh Gordon and Demarcus Robinson, which really didn't translate to, to that much either, but the rest of the offense executed at a super high level. So I'm looking to see if this trend continues going forward because I've made my feelings clear about McCole Hardman. I said last week that he, he is at his best going to be D'Anthony Thomas. That's the role that he needs to play. And that's the role that he played last night. He's in on some returns. He gets jet sweeps or the occasional shallow cross. And last night he gets a shallow cross and breaks it off for like a 20-some-odd run, which was good. And then his jet sweep, he, he just ran out of bounds. So it's like that's the role he is going to play, and I hope that's the role that he plays moving forward. Get bigger bodies like Demarcus Robinson and Josh Gordon into the game and just force the issue with Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. That's, that's what I want them to do. I hope that continues. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, I really like that you broke that down because uh, I found myself not yelling at McCall last night <laughs> except for a positivity. Honestly, I thought he, you know, if he can just buy into this role, I mean, I think he could be an asset if he buys into the role, which is a lot to ask for, for somebody in the NFL. I mean, I know, you know, at the end of the day, those guys want their touches, but sometimes you just got to put the team first, you know, but um, yeah, it was really good to see. So I think we pretty much hit home on the offense. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball and and I want to get your take on this, Johnny, before we get into the X's and O's of things. But last night, which I have not seen all year, was just the defense's ability to tackle. You know, I feel like when we've been watching this Chiefs team all year, um, you know, the first guy that's there, it seems like they, they bounce off and they're getting extra yards and falling forward. And one play that really sticks out to me was Waller, uh, caught a ball over the middle, and Tyron hit him immediately and slammed him to the ground. I think it was early in the second quarter, maybe, maybe even late in the first. It's irrelevant. But I think that just kind of set the tone for the night because I, we, we were texting back and forth today, me and Johnny. Legereus Sneed, 
his ability to tackle in space, honestly, I think has actually been on display all year, just kind of not as opportune as it was last night. I think he's a more than willing secondary tackler. Tyron seems to have taken uh, what Chiefs fans have been, you know, chirping him about all year and taking that personally, which if that's what it takes, thank God, because he has been willing to come up and tackle more than I have seen in the last two years. Um, and, and I, you know, units click at different, at different uh, rates. And last night, this defense seemed to take a step towards a confidence level that, you know, I think they might understand that if they just, you know, play sound defense and be opportune when the time is called on them to do something, this offense is more than capable of winning games for them. They don't have to do that much. And it looked like they took a big sigh of relief last night and just played football, which is what I've been calling for them to do all year. You know, um, last point I'll make the D line. I alluded to it already. The defensive line looked fast. They looked physical. They were getting after the passer. Say what you will about Frank Clark. He's been playing better the last three weeks now. And, and, uh, you know, as a unit, they have some depth now. Jaron Reed's coming into his own a little bit. Melvin Ingram played really well last night. You know, we've given our shit to Veach. Maybe a great signing. Um, this defense, man, if it improves like this and can get better week in and week out, it's a problem. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited for this defense. I'm looking, you know, I love looking at the snap counts, and I reference it a lot on here. But you look at some, you know, Juan Thornhill is a guy early in the year. We were like, why the hell is this guy not playing? Well, Juan Thornhill played on 96% of the snaps last night, and it's just he's just a great guy to have out there. His, his athleticism, he is a guy who is willing to step up in the run game and tackle too. So I, I just like having him out there. And Daniel Sorensen only played on 50% of the snaps last night, like where early on when the, when the defense was struggling, those two guys' snap counts were flip-flopped, and that was the most puzzling thing ever. You look at some of the other ones. Okay, you know, I, I've made, I don't know if I, on this show, but I, I'm not a huge fan of pro football focus. Like, I just, I just don't like where they come from a lot of the time. Maybe part of it's just biased because they're like beta male nerds, but like th they have a lot of takes that I disagree with. However... You know, they had a stat that I saw that painted the Chiefs in a good light. They have Rashad Fenton, who played on 80% of the snaps last night. They have Rashad Fenton at PFF as the number one ranked cornerback in all of football, ahead of number two, Jalen Ramsey, right? So, yes, they, they're they're charting his snaps really well, um, and, and agree with that if you want. I mean, Jalen Ramsey is the best cornerback in football, not Rashad Fenton. But the guy's at least just playing at a high level, and enough for him to be in the models uh, at PFF as the number one. And this is a guy that Veach drafted in the sixth round. So, again, you know what, Ch Chandler? As fans, we get to criticize all the bad moves and still be fans. Like, you st you're still a fan. But if it's not going well, you get to criticize the moves that are being made. That's just part of the territory because we have no control. And when you have no control, you get to criticize. I'm begging for Brett Veach to come off as a huge badass. This, this is the part of the deal. Like, prove me wrong. Have your players show up in big spots and be really, really good and, and, and contribute. I'm begging to look like an idiot over here. Like, please. 
So when you have, you know, your draft picks, Juan Thornhill being an awesome player, Rashad Fenton being an awesome player, Legereus Sneed, who we have said has regressed this year, look better these last couple of weeks. Tyron Matthew looks better. Frank Clark looks better. Like All these guys are looking better. Willie Gay played a lot last night. So I'm begging to be... Look, you know, to look like an idiot here. And last night, I had to eat a bunch of crow for some of the stuff that I've said. Great. So be it. Let's keep it up because this defense looks really good and they're playing at a level. Like, if the defense gives you this kind of contribution and the, the offense can continue, you're right back to where you were. This is the favorite in the AFC to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, 100%. And um, I mean, I completely agree. Uh, I absolutely love seeing Willie Gay out there. You know, he's a kind of a, he's a guy that's really come into his own, praying that he stays healthy because he is a little injury prone. But I mean, he's a freak athlete and can move sideline to sideline really well. Physical linebacker too. And um, you were texting me back and forth. What was Nick Bolton's uh, stats? It, that really surprised me, honestly. Yeah, me too, Chandler. Good point. I meant to say that. Uh, yeah, Nick Bolton is a guy who we have. We have been, you know, singing his praises the last couple of weeks. He actually only played 19 snaps last night, which was a season low. And the previous low was 27. And that happened the week before against the Packers. So back-to-back weeks with his lowest snap counts on the season. I'm not sure, you know, we've talked about his lack of athleticism um, as far as side to side. So maybe they're really just playing him in in run situations yeah and and you know i kind of actually like that because that is his strength so get him out there when we need to stop the run and then get him off the field in obvious passing situations i think that is a good coaching step that they've taken um you know i i think that he is i i feel bad saying this anthony hitchens just doesn't you know do it. Yeah, he's he's I, I I hate talking bad about somebody, but his he's just not athletic anymore. He's slow. Uh, that that route down the middle of the field last night. Uh, oh. I believe I believe they hit a tight end. I don't think it was Waller. That's why I'm blanking on what it was. It could have been Waller, but I don't think it was. Um, it was Edwards, I think. Or yeah, Brian Edwards or, Zay, or Brian. Zay Jones or something. One of their shitty receivers just made him look like a fool. No, yeah, it was it was Brian Edwards. It's 89. I was thinking it was a tight ends number, and it was, but it was a receiver. Um, and it, it, it was clear there. But, you know, he's a veteran guy. Um, he's not horrible against the run. Um, so I like having a guy like that with two young guys like Bolden and Gay um, that, you know, probably need a little bit more guidance and leadership as they as they get to be better um, pros, but I mean, we've seen it the last two weeks. Granted, the quarterback matchups weren't great, but you know, when we you can't control that, and each step gets better and better and better. And we play a huge divisional round or a division opponent in the Raiders last night who have a good quarterback. Who you know, I hate saying that, but he is good. Um, and they have they have had a decent offense coming in to last night. And, and this defense, another step uh, of improvement. And it's it's great to see, you know, really, when you look at it, the beginning of the season is kind of, you know, it's kind of uh, not relevant. 
I mean, teams improve throughout the year as we get closer and closer and closer to the playoffs. And you get hot at the right time and you get the right comments at the right time. The sky is the limit for this defense. Um, I mean, think about 2019, Johnny. You know, we don't really have that many different players out there right now than we did that year. And that defense was serviceable. That's all we need from this defense is to be serviceable. And last night they were above serviceable. Best game of the year they've played. I, I really don't know that I have very many negative things to say about them, Johnny. I, I, can't, I can't think of one that really sticks out to me, really. Yeah, I I'm with you. I don't I don't either. Yeah, I just wanted a little bit more from Frank Clark. I think he had like one tackle, but um, you know, Colton Miller is a pretty good player. So yeah. left tackle for them. So you know, you mentioned 2019. The Chiefs were six and four at one point in 2019 and went on to win the Super Bowl. That's what their record is now, right? They're six and yeah. four. So um looking ahead, I mentioned they play so the next four weeks for the Chiefs is really interesting. They play Dallas in what's going to be an awesome game at Arrowhead, 325 p.m. on Sunday the 21st. Then week 12, you got a bye. Then you come off of the bye, and at Sunday, December 5th at noon, you play the Broncos at home. You should kick the shit out of the Broncos, okay? Then the following week, Sunday, December 12th, you play at home again against these same Raiders at noon. So the th- your next three games are at home and a bye. The Chiefs do not go on the road again until December Thursday, December 16th. They're going to play the Chargers at SoFi Stadium on Thursday Night Football, right? So today, I believe, is the 15th. The Chiefs do not go on the road for a month. Yeah. So win this game against Dallas... You're seven and four, and and you're gonna have to bring it against Dallas. I mean, Dak, Zeke, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. They just got Michael Gallup back. Uh, this offensive line for them looks pretty healthy. They just put up like nearly, I think, fifty or close to fifty on the Falcons. Even though the week before they lost to the Broncos in some weird game, but but, but this Dallas team's coming in hungry. So mm-hmm. you got to take care of business there. Then you go to the bye, and then you have two home. AFC West matchups and, and three in a row, because I mentioned you go to the chargers after that. So TCB, take care of business, stay healthy. You're at home. Come on, man. Let's go chiefs. I'm Chandler. I'm so as low as I was at my lowest this season as a fan of the chiefs. I am equally as high up right now. Like I am fully bought back in ready to get my heart broken. Here it is. Yeah, I agree, and um, I love that preview looking ahead. I mean, it's four winnable games. Uh, it really is, and that, God, winning this game going into the bye, I think this – if that could happen, I think this team is insanely dangerous. Um, it, it'll every be year, good. Chandler, sorry, sorry. Every year – I know I'm interrupting you. Every there year, you the Chiefs under Andy Reid have had some sort of extended winning streak. They've won three in a row right now. I think we're in the midst of it right now. Looking ahead at the schedule, like what are the games that I'm really, truly scared of? Uh, I think you could lose to Dallas. Okay, you got to beat Denver and Vegas. Then you play the Chargers on Thursday night football. Come on, like you can beat the Chargers. You showed it last time you had four turnovers. Then you play Pittsburgh. Come on, you can beat Pittsburgh. 
Then you play Cincinnati. Come on, you can beat Cincinnati. And then you finish the year with Denver. I mean, the Chiefs are looking at a huge winning streak right here. They just got to take care of business, and it starts on Sunday. Yep. And uh, I, I don't think there's any, any way better than to end the show tonight with that. Uh, Johnny, huge win for the Chiefs, 41-14 over the Raiders. Absolutely love seeing it. Confidence on the moon as we head into the week. Um, we'll look forward to the game against Dallas on Sunday afternoon. But um, until then, buddy, uh, let's go Chiefs and let's continue this hot streak. Three in a row. Let's make it four on Sunday. What do you say, buddy? Huh? Let's go Chiefs! Johnny Rowe, thanks as always, buddy. I appreciate it. It's the Figure It Out podcast. We'll see you next week. Peace. Bye.